Hey gang, welcome to the 8th Epilogue Gaming Podcast. From everyone at Epilogue, we hope you enjoyed your weekend. I'm Ben Vollmer, and this week, as always, I'm joined by Marcos Carmona and Dakota Trammell. Uh, how are you guys doing this this week? Marcos, uh, what what have you been playing? Uh, Street Fighter V Arcade Edition, like a lot of it. Is that going to subsist when Dragon Ball Z comes out? I'll find a balance. Yeah, you usually do. Somehow you yeah, f- you fit in like six different fighting games at once. Well, right now it's like four, but yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. I I think the most of any one genre I've ever played at the same time is like two. I can I can deal with like two FPSs, maybe like two shooters. Yeah, I get uh, you. But that even that's really hard for me to go back and forth from. So I'm I'm impressed, especially because fighting takes so much. It's like there's so much memorization involved. So. I mean, when it comes to like, uh, like genre, like Street Fighter itself, like a lot of things that kind of they kind of follow up from previous iterations to the next. That's fair, and you've been a fan of that franchise for so long that I guess yeah, I've been Street Fighter since Street Fighter Two. Yeah, and I actually I I did want to talk about the Dragon Ball Fighter Z stuff a little bit. I know we've been covering it for a long time, but it got really good reviews. If if uh, if you missed it, I and saw people people seem super stoked. And, you know, we've already talked about, like, the significance that this could possibly have on the fighting genre. But I think people want... I heard it best earlier this week. Uh, I forget who I was listening to, but they basically said that we've seen in the past Dragon Ball Dragon Ball games be pretty mediocre and still sell like bananas. So, like, if this is a good Dragon Ball game, is it possible that this thing just skyrockets? I think so. I just think I just think we have to be careful not to overhype it too much, and we can have the same sort of thing that happened to Street Fighter Five and it's when it first released, where sure. everybody was so ready for it that it was nothing but uh, disappointment when it launched. Right. At I least don't. Street Fighter has a pretty good a pretty good mark on it now, though, right? Like people are. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay, Edition is basically an entirely different game now. Okay. So. Uh, Dakota, yeah. what are we playing this week? Uh, I'd like to add. Oh, I did see that. Uh, the Dragon Ball Z uh, fighter game is not going to have paid loot boxes at all. Loot yeah, boxes, yeah, they won't. They'll uh, only be available within game currency. That yep. makes sense. I don't think Bandai Namco has ever really done them. Uh, Marcos, you play a lot of Bandai games. So do you know of any I mean, that have loot would, boxes? Uh, I don't think so. Not yeah. loot boxes, but they're usually notorious for having a lot of DLC, a lot of random DLC. Right, like with the team. The Persona Five, Persona Five having like fifty dollars worth of DLC that I never bothered to buy. They're posed for a huge year, and I haven't really talked about this, but they also have Nino Kuni coming out soon. They also uh, have Soul what, Calibur Six. Yeah, Soul Calibur Six. I mean, good lord, big year for yeah. for Bandai incoming, uh, and yeah, possibly man. some sort of Souls game. We don't know if they're publishing it or not, but it oh, they, yeah, they have a long-standing relationship with From, obviously. So. They also have a bunch of anime games coming out with that. My Hero Academia and uh, Black Clover and Sword Arts and Digimon. They got a lot of that stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Digimon game, too. I keep hearing yeah. about it. Um, well, any, so anyway, Dakota, what what are you up to this week? Um, I haven't... I don't think I've played any games this week. Yeah, I didn't see you stream a whole lot. Yeah, my schedule for work has just been uh garbage to say the least without swearing uh yeah if you um, if you follow uh your twitter like everybody should you would know about it but um 
the I've been mostly keeping up with the games that are either coming out or games that I just want. Um, but until Dawn has a game coming out, I can't at sometime this month within oh actually within the week. Okay. Um, oh. for VR where it's kind of a horror experience, uh, it's like a prequel to what Until Dawn is. But I don't understand how like being in an insane asylum because that's where it takes place. Well, so I've played Until Dawn, and some people are hypothesizing that it's it's going to be uh, part of the lineage of one of the characters that okay uh, is on Until Dawn. So it's probably going to be a pretty loose connection. But regardless, continue. But um, they also have the devs had another game that came out. I don't know when it came out. I just saw a YouTuber playing it, and I was like, wow, this looks it looks really really fun. Because uh, it gives me, like, it reminds me of Heavy Rain so much. And it looks awesome. Hmm. But uh, it's called Hidden Agenda. And you're pretty much trying to find a, a serial killer Ooh. called, like, The Trapper or something. And you play with your phone to make choices and do stuff. That's really interesting. It's kind of odd how uh, we haven't really seen developers use the infrastructure of your phone. I remember Telltale kind of did it with the decision-making stuff. And it didn't yeah. work out super well, but like, look at how successful Jackbox has been. It's oh yeah, you know, it's it's kind of odd Plus, that we um, haven't seen more of I that. I think the 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 last game I saw use it, other than like Jackbox, was a uh, uh, Quantic Dreams Beyond Two Souls because you could play with two people, I didn't and one person would use the controller, and the second person would use the could use their phone to connect with the game to play as um Isaac or Aiden, her like little like apparition that follows her. Right. But, um, yeah, fine. Other games. Uh, my time at Porsche. I've been talking about that. That comes out this Friday, and I'm so excited for that because it looks so good. What are you getting and that I, on? Uh, it's only for PC. Oh, also, Night in the Woods is going to be available for Switch. Ooh. Um. It's also going to uh, be on PS4. PS4? Did you say? Yeah. Yeah. I saw yeah. the store earlier. Yeah, because that. Uh, I haven't been wanting to play other games because all I can think about is my time at Porsche and how badly I want to play that. Um, it looks so fun. Are you going to stream then, it or are you playing it offline? No, I'm going to stream it. Cool. But then, sorry, there's just so many games. No, then no, continue. I found, I found another game called Yonder that looks real fun. And it's, uh, I had when seen I see Yonder. People, I heard about that one. When people talk about my time at Porsche, they say a cross between Stardew Valley and Yonder, and I was like, well, maybe I should look into Yonder, because that probably would be something I like, and it looks kind of cool, so I want to pick that up. Um, and then Subnautica, which has been like an early access game for a real long time, it just uh, finally released, released right? yeah. just recently, and they're talking about wanting to add like a new Arctic area to the game. Cool. But, that game um, looks really creepy. I saw I saw somebody using some sort of like vessel underwater, and just a giant, like, fish, or maybe it was a shark or something, just came up and ate it. And it was like, oh, yeah. there goes that. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, it's That's definitely a game. Marcos, yeah. Definitely a game Marcos <laughs> wouldn't like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, and it's not scary in that it's meant, it's not a horror game by any means. It's a survival game. But the aspect is that, you know, you're in, you're, you're on an alien planet and you're in, like, the deep ocean. And there's, you know, scary creatures down there that are not huge fans of you. Right, right. I couldn't get through Abzu. Yeah, no. <laughs> the peaceful Abzu. Yeah. Um, well, but it's, tons of good games. Yeah, it's it's odd and it's it's kind of refreshing because we've seen more and more games be put out uh, in the early parts of the year. Um, and uh, you know, we have Dragon Ball Fighter, we have Mar uh, Monster Hunter coming out. 
shortly after we're, we have a bunch of games that are, are due for release in spring like Nino Kuni and God of War and we'll talk about some God of War later um, but I'm really excited oh that's exciting too yeah that's there's a lot of stuff to be excited for in the spring uh, last last March was crazy too because we had like Dark Souls DLC we had Horizon Zero Dawn uh, we had a, I guess a, you know Breath of the Wild oh, right or was that yeah Breath of the that Wild that came out spring. yeah pretty early March mm -hmm. April so we you know it's becoming it's becoming more popular it used to be that everybody would just sandwich it in before the holiday but the days of that seem to have passed which i honestly feel as a relief so um well i in terms of what i've been playing this week uh i just played i had my first playthrough of demon souls it was the epilogue gaming uh game of the month and uh the servers are shutting down which we talked about about a month ago um i think they're closing at the end of february i, I so i just beat demon souls and honestly, it's such it's such a wonderful experience. I can officially say that it you know kind of fits in with how genius the rest of the the Soulsborne uh, game development universe has been. But uh, what else? I've been playing so much Fortnite, guys. I can't stop playing Fortnite. I I'm. But can you win? Yeah, I've won. I actually I've gotten a little better. I oh. I wouldn't say. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that I'm great, but it is a challenge to win games in in Fortnite. I would uh, the same as it can be said about PUBG. I just don't play that as nearly as much. Um, but in terms of just trying to chronicle my my deep dive into the uh, battle royale genre, this is this the experience I've had with Fortnite is the first one like this I've had since Halo Two when I was you know a young kid. So it's it's that first time that I just find myself actually addicted to a multiplayer game. The only other time I've really even felt that with a single player game has been Souls. So it's it's hard for me to say that, you know, Fortnite moving forward isn't one of the games that I really want to keep my eye on. Of course, it's blowing up Twitch and YouTube. Um, so it's it's firmly in the center of uh, gaming pop culture along with with PUBG, which I feel like PUBG is not going to last as long. Um, but that's just a gut feeling. So I've, I've been playing a lot of those two. Um, let's see if I've been doing anything else. Not really. I, I'm going through Edith Finch just like so I'm covering it for, for Epilogue. I'm doing a piece on Edith Finch uh, because I liked it the first time, but I wanted to get a different perspective with another playthrough. So trying to really tune in to, to some of the narrative things going on in that game. So we'll see how, how that goes. You're not a huge fan of that game, right, Dakota? I remember saying um you didn't love it. I liked it, but it, it wasn't something that really like stuck with me. I thought it was fun. Like it was it was good. It was good. Um there's one scene. It's just that not really... something that, you know, sticks with me for That's interesting like because there were there was one there's one scene that I just got through. It's pretty early in the game, so I haven't in my second playthrough I haven't gotten through much, but it it really stands out to me. It's this scene where you're um and I guess you can kind of do this in whatever order, but uh the you you follow a, I think a younger sister's diary and it like she she's having this sort of nightmare situation where she's always hungry and she's turning into oh, various animals. Yeah, and, yeah, um, uh, that's like the very first one you find. Uh, I don't even remember her name, but yeah. yeah, but she she is she's very young. She's like five or six around there. Right, and for and such, she turns into a bird and then into a cat yeah, into, and then into and an, into an octopus, a snake monster and like into a um into a shark. And it's just really neat, like... Sorry, Marcos? What the hell are you guys playing? This is Edith Finch. 
uh, what remains of Edith Finch. Yeah, so it it that has this really bizarre scene, and I, I remember you saying that it wasn't all that memorable, but that scene in particular, or that that moment in the game, is is very gripping and it, uh, kind of eye opening once you play. It, it does have lots of good, um, like memorable, uh, like little stories about um, all the different family members. I like yeah. the one. I can't remember her. It's it was like an older teenage daughter. And her story is told through, like, a series of comic books. Right, right. Um, or, like, not a series of comic books, but, like, an 80s horror, you know, yes. comic. Yeah, mm -hmm. like comic style. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, the older, her oldest brother, I like that one, too. That, I, that one stuck with me the most, was the oldest brother, and it kind of takes you through, like, a disassociative game um, world while, while you're, like, at the same time trying to work. It's it's really impressive how many different kind of things are going on in that game. Of course, it's only like three hours long, if that. So it's yeah, it it's, for yeah. me it packs a punch in a short amount of time. But definitely, I understand. like there, it's not perfect. It's far from perfect. I, but I, I do. Oh, wanna, yeah. I'm looking forward to like covering it because I think I have some some interesting things to say about it. And the game itself has some interesting things to say. So. Yeah, it's definitely a good game with um uh you know it has great thing it has interesting things to say and interesting ways of doing it you know and then plus there is that kind of bit of a twist at the end mm -hmm. um which we won't spoil we won't spoil the twist <laughs> yeah um, but uh i think just comparatively like when it when it came down to you know the game awards of the year when it's like edith finch night in the woods and all these other games just night in the woods i don't know if it was just a combination of it's like if night in the woods is because i'm you know it's about maze right around my, like my same age and it's kind of like oh i guess yeah, i can relate to this with you a little bit um I, versus yeah. um going through this you know person relearning about their family history and all the things that their different family members went through sure um but yeah that so that's what i'm playing this week uh and i i think that that about covers it i'm about to start kingdom hearts 2 which will be my first playthrough of that game um and i'll be i'll be streaming that on on twitch but i don't know i don't know how i mean i'm excited for it. it's marcos's favorite game of all time so I, I tend to trust his judgment um so i'm excited just to see the enhancements from one to two because mechanically i thought one was a disaster but conceptually i loved it so i think i've i've been given promises that it improves if it, it does it perhaps doesn't fix everything but it improves uh, on a lot of things from one, so excited for that. I'm scared. You're scared. Yeah, man. Oh, I remember you parade in front of your little TV. I'm gonna what? You're gonna let my baby parade in front of your TV for all to see. Yeah, this is true. Are you? You're more scared of what chat says than of what else. Yeah. Is. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, he knows he's gonna. People are gonna give him trash for it. Yeah. I mean. Mr. Bacotti already. Oh, so, uh, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. I don't <laughs> um, think about it. Okay, so we're going to move into our, our news segment, and uh, it's a relatively short week, but there's some interesting things going on. Namely, as we covered a week ago, I think it was a week ago, when when we started talking about the rumors of a, of a Fable game being in development, uh, as it turns out, this is pretty much all but confirmed uh, a couple days later. And... Um, so the, it's a brand new big budget fable game being developed by playground which is the forza horizon 
uh, studio, which seems like an odd combination. This is according to Eurogamer.com, but for anybody who has who tends to follow, uh, you know, where game developers are moving, uh, your a playground was actually hiring for an open world RPG. Um, and the theory Ooh, yeah. is, is that this, yeah, this, this open world RPG turned into Fable after Microsoft decided to come to them. And so there's actually some interesting layers to this story. Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, was, was reportedly inspired by Horizon Zero Dawn and the success that game had, um, which is weird to me because that sort of insinuates that a Fable game wasn't going to actually be made without the success of Horizon Zero Dawn, and I have a hard time believing that. Um, yeah, especially I, Fable was so popular. Yeah, I mean, Fable was Microsoft's RPG. That, that yeah. was their RPG. That was it. So That was like their... Uh, I shouldn't... No, nah, never mind. That was a dumb thought. No, no, no. Continue. Right. I want to hear it. <laughs> I was going to say... <laughs> Fable was like PlayStation Skyrim. Then I realized, fuck. <laughs> Uh, you, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Fable was uh, Microsoft's version of PlayStation Skyrim. No, but I mean, there, there's something to be said for Sony dominating the JRPG market and having, you know, it's it's not like there are a lack of RPGs on on the PlayStation, right? There has never been. Uh, oh. But I could make no, that argument pretty not. easily that Xbox has had a, a fatal shortage of of role playing games. So I do think this is a big deal. I mean, um, it, it's a little confusing for me that it's Playground, right? Is that is that something that makes sense for either of you guys? I mean, Forza Horizon is a great game. I've notably played Forza Horizon three more than probably any other racing game ever, uh, if you discount Mario Kart. But <laughs> this seems like an odd marriage, no, Marcos? I mean, outside of making Fable look absolutely beautiful, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty weird. Well, I and I hope you're right. A, a beautiful Fable game, uh, just I think that alone would make me happy. But I mean, first, the recent Horizon was really, really uh, pretty. Oh, probably the most gorgeous game on current consoles, or close. Forza, or uh, excuse me, Horizon Zero Dawn gives it a run for its money, but. Uh, I I will say I will say this, guys. I th I think that if if they're going to do a Fable game, they have to do it in the style of Fable One, Two, and Three, with that sort of weird sense of British, you know, British humor. Uh, it's a little darker. Like there there is so much going on in the Fable verse that is unique to that franchise, good or bad. And I really want them to capture the good stuff. And if they don't, I think. It's like, why are you even making the game in the first place? You could have easily done a new IP or something like that. So, I I, I hope I hope moving forward that we're we're granted uh, a a good Fable game. Which this and I didn't even mention this. This comes on the after uh, about a a year or two since Fable Legends was canceled. Jeez. Yeah. So, um, and that was after the game had already gotten a beta. It was canceled after it got a beta. Unbelievable. That sucks. Yeah. Um, and then Lionhead Studios closed. And we'll be talking a little bit more about Lionhead Studios in a bit. Uh, yes, and it's, it's infamous uh, head in Peter Molyneux. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk, Marcos or Dakota, I'm sure both of you watched the Nintendo Labo announcement. Oh, man. Oh, yes. It's so sweet. Okay. What are the, what are the thoughts on this, Dakota? Uh, uh, First, when I saw it, I thought of um, 
the Google Cardboard, which is like a virtual reality little headset made out of cardboard. And yeah. you can just pop your phone in it. You know, you can use it for your phone. It's 15 bucks. Um, so it made me think of that. And I was like, oh, how, you know, maybe they're taking ideas from Google and the Google Cardboard uh, and integrating technology with kind of a cheap resource. So it's like, because easily these devices could have been something that they could they could have made the piano itself just alone cost 30 bucks right. as attachments, but uh, selling it as a bundle in cardboard, it's like, Oh, you know, they're, it's fun. Kids can decorate it up. It, it's not, you know, it's pretty durable. They probably don't have to worry about breaking it and it's cute. Um, but in the same instance, I'm kind of like, Ooh, huh? <laughs> yeah, that, that's where I was. <laughs> but before I, I give my thoughts, Marcos, what just explain to people who don't know what the Nintendo Labo is. What, what is it? Do, do we even know? Uh, basically what the trailer told us was that they, we got Nintendo licensed cardboard cutouts that we <laughs> can Ikea our way into oh making yes. things like our, like, literally, like, you can make a little fishing rod or a weird little man or a house or, like, a little man. Like, we can make yeah, a weird little yeah. man? Yeah, we, we <laughs> okay. can walk and Just fall. like you. <laughs> and uh, like, you attach you attach these things to your things to the switch or to the joy cons and uh, they make things happen and some attachments have games attached to them like there's even one where you have like you make a backpack sort of thing and you turn into a freaking robot like, oh yeah like that's probably the more impressive of their uh yeah i i think i mean i was from what i read I from what I read, it seems like people were willing to pay the seventy dollar. I think there's two different sets: one for seventy and it's, one for eighty. Yeah, the robot. The toys, bundle, the toys is, are. Yeah, seventy bucks. I think they're both seventy dollars actually. The toy no, bundle. No, nah, the robot one is definitely more. Okay, really? so they sell that one by itself as, and I believe that one is eighty. Yeah, oh, okay. I, th I think that's right. Um. And I, but all the other heard, ones come in one big box. Right, like yeah, the, piano, the piano one and all that. Um, and I heard that a lot of people were excited about the, the robot one. So I, we'll see. I, I might, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little, uh, I'm a little colder on this than I think you guys are. Like, it's typical Nintendo, right? We see them do this totally outlandish thing. It doesn't really make any sense. Halfway through, I am like, what in the world is this? Is this some sort of, like, smart <laughs> cardboard that knows when I'm moving? And then it made more uh, sense when they, like, plug the controller in, and it's like, okay, I sort of see what they're doing here. And even by the end of it, I'm like, do they really expect this to sell? And then I was like, wait a second. It's Nintendo. It's yeah, absurd. Man. It's going to sell like crazy. They're it's going to sell like crazy. They are marketing cardboard. <laughs> They're freaking geniuses. It really is. I, and I think you put it best when you said you can Ikea your way through it. It's like, oh, yeah, they're almost and I know their their argument on the price is that they're selling you hardware or excuse me, software. Um, uh. And it, it's, you know, like the robot game. It comes with the robot game and whatever. So they're not charging you for the cardboard. But really, really, we know that's kind of what they're charging us for. Cardboard um, expensive. <laughs> These guys are memes. It's coming yeah. out April 20th. That, and that's soon. So we'll know yeah. sooner or later whether it was worth it. You know what? Honestly, Nintendo, I, Godspeed. I don't, I don't know that <laughs> I'm excited about this, but... I like that there's space in this universe for something like the Nintendo Labo to exist. I, and I don't know. I, I, so they I, I, can pull this shit off, man. Yeah, sure. 
I would like to add that the Google Cardboard, which is basically a little virtual, re a cheap virtual reality headset that works, is fifteen bucks. So that doesn't Nintendo come with software, though. It doesn't come I, with software where you can destroy things as a robot. Okay. I mean, okay, but also that this is come with that I can't say on this podcast. Oh. Yeah. I'm also, <laughs> I'm also skeptical. I think that's where I'm mostly skeptical. It's not so much like the actual like uh pieces. Uh, I mean, having to build them might be like a little iffy. Right. Um, I'm sure people will fuck it up somehow. But uh, it's the the hardware, the games that come with them, and I mean, how worth how worth it it'll actually be in the end. I'm going to wait for somebody else to buy it. That's my tactic. And then I'll see. I'll Although, of course, it'll probably be sold out for like four years after that. So uh, I guess get it while it's hot. I don't know. Um, the robot one seems cool. Yeah. So I don't doubt the technology behind it. After seeing the Google Cardboard, which has like kind of like little weird buttons, and I don't understand how the buttons hit my phone because it doesn't really like line up and... I don't well, know, I will, but I'll I trust say this. it. I'll say this. I, it, just to cap, cap this, this conversation off, I will say that when I was playing, uh, what is it, 1-2 um, Switch, that was the, one of the first games I got from the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and it was, it's, a, it's not great. It's not a great game. But, man, does it showcase how impressive those, those two uh, Joy-Cons are. They are really, really impressive. They have some good technology uh, involved in those controllers. So I think, I think this is going to um show that off and if it if it does if it does a good job then i i think there's room for this to be a really popular thing and worst case you know for nintendo it turns into nothing it's not you know it wasn't like they're marketing this a year in advance this is like two months in advance so it didn't cost them much to make either nope yeah. um <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, um, so let's let's move on to the next thing and this is uh, a a good piece of sony news god of war is entering its final final development stage of course sony announced forever ago that it would be available in spring 2018 so we i don't even i think we still don't have an actual release date um and no, yeah that the game will also not have a season pass so are either of you guys god of war fans or or is it just me i'm a pretty decent fan I have okay. not played the first one, but every other one, including Seeds of Olympus, yeah, man, I, I play that stuff all day. Yeah, I've actually played every single God of War game. Uh, so even even Chains, Chains of Olympus was the PSP one, correct? It was one of the PSP ones. There was a second one, I believe. Yeah. Like uh, Ghost of Sparta was another one. I haven't played it though. Yeah, the the PSP. I think I think Chains of Olympus was actually the first one I played, and I distinctly remember. Um, walking like my my parents walking in and there were two like naked ladies on my screen with oh, this man. this weird white painted man banging them and i just didn't know how to stop it so i just kind of like turned off my psp yeah I, that was that was something that actually happened so um but yeah i the god of war franchise is uh it seems like due for for a return it's and, I haven't I seen it in a long time. Yeah, and it, it's afforded this, even though it had that bad. What was the the fourth one? I did, and I just to clarify, I didn't play the whole one of this. I did oh, play. It was uh, Ascension? Ascension. Thank you. And it had yeah. this really fun multiplayer mode that was just it was interesting. I wouldn't even clarify it as being. Yeah, fun. you can choose like the weapon arts of the yeah. different gods. Mm -hmm. And it had like maps and and stuff like that. It was it was interesting. Um, but 
I think it was afforded that kind of mediocre game. And now we're coming back with this God of War that looks like it has sort of a blend of um, something out of the Dark Souls, like strategic, uh, slower combat. In depth combat, other than uh, just smash X and triangle. Right, right. Which I think is probably necessary. Especially because it, you now have competition like Bayonetta and um, what are what are some other beat 'em ups that are we have a lot of those types of games coming out this year. Uh, the, oh, you know what was actually just announced was um, oh goodness, what is what is the king of beat 'em ups, Marcos? The uh, the Japanese game. It's it just got its ninth its ninth game. Oh, Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty Warriors. Oh yes, I remember seeing I that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, those are classified as beat 'em ups, right? Like, uh, yeah, hack and yeah. slash. Yeah, yeah hack and slash. Sure. You can kill a hundred people with one slash. Yeah, right. man, great. Game. If you ever want to feel like a badass, go play Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. So, you don't know. Bunaga. It's kind of a. It's probably a good move for God of War to separate itself from a genre that's not necessarily known for its like big sweeping quality. God of War was probably the first one of those like hack and slashes that really. Well, I guess De- Devil May Cry probably came before it, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Back on the PS One or Two? Uh, yeah, and God of War didn't make an appearance until PS Two. So, yeah. right? It didn't, I think. Or were they all PS Three? Sure. No, no, no. The Devil May Cry was early. It was pretty early. It was around when uh, Resident Evil started. No, coming no, no. Out, for like... sure, Devil May Cry was. But when did God of War come out? I would imagine PS2. Let's see. I need to fact check this, guys. I feel like it's 2008. I'm going to put my bets on 2008. 2008? Let's see. God of War release. Uh, Okay. I accidentally just typed God of War release, and it gives me the new one. 2005. Damn it. Ah. I was close. PS2. So... Dude, um, what am I? I played them genius. all on PS3 though. There was like a collection. I know that existed. I know that co- existed. Yeah, the God of War collection exists, and uh, then the God of War 3 HD remaster, whatever they called it, right happened. for PS4, PS4, which I didn't ever actually play. I always thought I would, but I didn't. I played it. It looks good. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I mean, that was one of the best looking games I've ever played. So, um, so with that being said, I, I guess the other part of that is uh, that there's there's no season pass, but this is becoming so popular at this point where it's like developers are kind of flaunting the fact that they don't have season pass modes. They don't have microtransactions, which I'm all for do it. You know what? Take the good publicity, whatever. But I don't think it's necessarily newsworthy. Like Sony is trying to nah. push it as being like this. Yeah, big newsworthy I, I thing. Wasn't like, I saw, when I saw the subtitle of no season pass, I wasn't like, I was more confused as to why they would even mention that. Cause it's a God of war game. I don't really, yeah, it's like if, if there is a season pass or microtransactions, you can bet we're going to be pissed off. So they're they're just essentially doing the right things. And I'm okay with them getting some good publicity if they're just by doing the right things. Whatever, whatever. Um, For sure. But talking about good publicity, let's talk about those sweet new Sony sneakers that were oh. uh, announced. Oh, yeah. Is it an actual name? Or yeah. is it just uh, no, Nike but it, and it should be. It, it should be the Sony sneakers. Agreed. The P2 limited edition, I believe that's what they're called. Uh, is it? Yeah, they they look actually really good. Oh, I, they're um, called the. They do have a name. They're called the PG2. Oh, yeah, that's that's nice. They look because, good. Uh, Surprisingly good. So this is th- 
this is actually a real story um sony even put out like a trailer for it and everything they're doing a collaboration yeah. with nike uh and they've got these sweet nike nike shoes um that have a sony logo on the inside they look really good. They look good. I'm not gonna lie. I and I, I mean, I don't consider myself a, a connoisseur of shoes, but I, I, I know a good pair when I when I see one. Um, Apparently, um, you know the little logos on the the tops of the shoes on the tongues. Yeah. Those. Uh, I'm just I'm just looking at the article now. Maybe I should have done that before. Oh, no, that's. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they they light up. And you can turn yeah, the lights on or off, and they have like a pulse mode where the lights flicker and vibrate like a controller like the dualshock controller you remember yeah. the the old light up shoes when you like like, take a step yeah you, take, um, like a, you, you know take the shoes step. they still sell for sell for like five-year-olds oh they oh they do yeah huh. well now, like, now they sell them for 25 year olds for like they look oh they look real cool i'm excited i, I, I think i'd buy I, a pair of those are they did they say whether or not they're limited edition they oh, they are. Really, for okay. sure, they're going to be. Really they will be globally available starting February 10th for $110, so much more affordable than I originally that thought they would really be. That is a really good price. Yeah. Um, Usually, I mean, those kind of shoes would be two, $300. Yes. Yeah. And, and it, it depends. A lot of it depends on the quality, too. Like $110. Uh, Nike, so. No, for sure. But, you know, Nike makes shoes that cost like $1,000, but they also make shoes that cost 50 So Yeah. It's I recommend you guys go go look at like the full article because it also has like more in-depth pictures of the shoes yeah and they look yeah I was, I was looking at it earlier they look good they look good they look cool yeah i just want to say that uh adidas is also making a collaboration pair sort of shoes with dragon ball z and uh, that's the competition <laughs> i'm doing that's the, that's the competition you're dealing with um speaking, okay. speaking those will probably be expensive weird marketing uh, Sony actually announced an Amiibo competitor called Kotaku's. Uh, I think that's the correct pronunciation, or is it? Totakus? Yeah, it is. Totakus? Totakus. Maybe a harder, a softer T. No. Uh, so um, these are these are essentially little figurines. There's seven of them. There's Crash Bandicoot. There's the Bloodborne Hunter. I'll probably get the Bloodborne Hunter if I'm being honest. I will probably get the Bloodborne Hunter. And I think we should we should say there's only seven for now. There's you never only seven know, for now. Be. Yes, good point. Um, like fifteen dollars, right? I think they might even be like they're, ten. No, they're ten. They're like ten or fifteen bucks. Yeah, that's yeah. nuts. So the only, the only thing I'm going to pose here: Does the Bloodborne Hunter being in mean that we're getting Bloodborne two? Yes or no, Marcos? No. Dakota. I didn't hear the whole question. <laughs> I heard the Bloodborne Hunter and me Bloodborne too. Okay, it does. I, I I was so excited. I spoke too too quickly. Does the Bloodborne Hunter uh, Tataku mean that we're getting Bloodborne two? Yes or no? Oh yeah, I feel yeah. that. Yes, I would say yes. Yeah. All right. Now looking at that, yeah, let me think about answer. then. Maybe they'll throw out a new little big planet game too. We haven't had one of those in a while. That is so only, true. That is so true. I only know yeah. my brother's a huge, huge fan of those games. They're fun. I pl I I've played them all but, casually. Um, They're fun. Now now I want to go look and go see how. Oh. What kind of totakus are they making? They're they're good. God of they War look is good. Coming out. They look good. They look good. Um, Sony Sony doing one. good good stuff over there with their marketing. I mean. This, unfortunately, I think is going to come during what is going to be a brief... I said this after the ridiculous 2017 we had. I think we're in for a down year in 2018. Um, we're really? going to get a lot of cool announcements. Yeah, I think we're going to have a down year. We, 
I mean, we have some good stuff coming out soon, but nothing in terms of like exclusivity. It's I all downhill from here. I, I don't think it's all downhill. I think games are going to continue to be overall better. I just don't see I mean, after after this 2017. Like, there's no Breath of the Wild coming out. 2017. Oh, I, okay. It'll be not as good, but to say it'll be a down year. It, well, a yeah, down year I think can... it's just last year was such an up year. It yes. was like a year beyond years that this year comparatively it's like but it's just coming it's like you know going to a theme park and then you you go back home and it's like man my day sucks this sucks all the same year we get soul caliber 6 and kingdom hearts 3 a down year i'm not gonna i mean you're 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 banking on kingdom hearts 3 coming out and i am uh i'm not there yet i'm not there yet so i'll have hope hope for twinkie um marcos So Thank anyway, you. let's. I, I think that's uh, that's about gonna do it for our, our news segment today. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and and break to our news discussion, which is going to be uh, do video games cause violence? And we'll come back to that in just a little bit. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. This episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon members. If you'd like to subscribe, you can do for as little as one dollar a month. A special shout out to our Platinum and Midnight tier members who subscribe for $10 to $25 a month, including Dark Siege, Blister Agent, Bright Wolves, and Drath Josh, who believes that mashed potatoes should be enjoyed with a fork, not a spoon. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, (laughs) Why don't you ever let us do the intros? Do you want to do the intro? I mean, not now, but I do like doing them. Has the moment passed? Yeah. Well, we're back with our discussion segment, um, and this is a little more serious. I, this is when I first envisioned the EG podcast. I kind of envisioned us having this discussion um, at some point about video games and violence, and it's sort of the real uh, perspective that people have about video games. Because obviously, a big thing we do at Epilogue, not so much on this podcast, but a big thing we do uh, at Epilogue is we like to treat games seriously. Um, and that's just a perception that is not shared everywhere. Um, especially by people in academics and, uh, you know, namely older generations have sort of this negative perspective on, on video games. And a, a big part of that, and I just, I want to contextualize this conversation a little bit. Um, a big part of that started when the Columbine shootings happened in, I think what that was the late nineties. Yeah, because I remember it was the late 90s because I didn't remember much about it until high school. And people were like, oh, Columbine, so sad. I'm like, what the fuck is Columbine? Yeah, I, it's because uh, um, I wasn't I was like two at that point. Uh, so in case I, I believe that it's it's now considered the second largest school shooting um, in in history. And uh, obviously it was a, an extremely tragic event and it led to um, it led to, it led to people trying to look for answers as to why something like this would happen. And thankfully we've moved on a little bit about this, but I don't think the pers- you know that that initial response to it being the fault of video games has ever fully shaken from the generation that mm-hmm. experienced that. Uh, so this, uh, after the shooting took place, um, it was discovered that in the house of one of the shooters, uh, that he he frequently played uh, PlayStation, not excuse me, not PlayStation games, PC shooter games like Doom. Uh, I can't remember if that was the specific one, but I think it was something like Doom, uh, not Wolfenstein, but one of those sort of you know dungeon crawling first person shooters. And of course, so people started blaming the the shooting on 
violent video games. And this has been a topic of discussion for a long time. In fact, it even just recently uh, during, I, I don't know if it was Sandy Hook or something shortly after that, it, it was it was brought up again. Uh, one of the shooters was was a video game player, and and this um, you know this conversation sparked again. It it really just kind of came up again recently, which is why we're we're having this conversation now because a study, thankfully, and hopefully this study gets gets thrown around quite a bit. Well, why don't you take us through this uh, study real quickly, Dakota, and just explain the contents of it. Okay, uh, so this study, um, immediately it breaks down, it's like, video games might not, making people, might not be making people violent after all. And it goes through and tells us how uh, it's, you know, violent behavior is, call, is um, stemmed from, uh, gosh, I can't remember the name now, but I try to think about it. But um, playing violent video games, you know, that rubs off on you, and so you're more likely to reenact it but when they uh they did this multiple times where they'd have someone either play a game with a car trying to avoid crashing into something or a mouse avoiding a cat um then they would show them pictures of the you know people playing the car game pictures of vehicles and animals and assuming that you know because they're playing that game they'd be able to recognize you know cars more quickly you know than the other you know they'd be able to recognize the things more quickly right. and um and that was kind of like if they do, yes, video games could be making people violent. If not, then there's probably no connection. Um, and out of they did a bunch of different experiments like that with different games, uh, different pictures. Yeah, and even um, in terms of like realism versus not realistic. So like, yeah, shooters that were realistic versus not, yeah, and different forms of realism, I believe, where they had yeah. like ragdoll physics more so than actual like textures, and then they used right. textures instead of ragdoll physics. Yeah, so yeah. I, sh I should just uh, confirm real quickly that this study comes from from York. Uh, you you can find University. it. University. Yeah, yeah. Uh, University of York. Excuse me. And this study was actually it had three thousand participants, so not a small sample size. Pretty big. Yeah. yeah this yeah, is this is a very yeah. real study that sort of attempted to dissect whether or not violence uh, could be in any way attached to somebody who just played a video game. Now. I want to move this conversation because I don't think this fully answers the question. While it is comforting for us as video gamers, this is probably something that still has uh, room for discussion. And the reason that I say that is because I do wonder if certain attributes of video gamers. Now, of course, this I don't think any three of us necessarily are. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it in the first place, but there is sort of this belief that people who play video games tend to be more introverted, less social, um, and, you know, tend to be, uh, I, you know, isolated from the rest of the world. That is the perception. Now, if those things were true, it, it, there is a line of belief that would, or just, you know, if I'm an outsider here and playing devil's advocate, I could see how somebody might think that somebody who play, plays video games is more likely to commit a crime because they're also more likely to be an isolated person who's less sociable. So so I just wanted to ask you guys um, in sort of the broadest way possible, and we'll start with Dakota. Do you think that there's any sort of correlation between video games being played and, and actual real-life violence? Um, no. but Because uh, I, I also wrote a paper on this like back in high school. But uh, how 
video there's actually people believe that video games could be making people less violent uh and when i looked it up i couldn't find anything with, that wasn't like cnn news saying it right um uh also i didn't dig very far i was like oh whatever just a high school paper but uh, yeah it was just a high school <laughs> paper but it was a few you know it was, it was a while ago leave me alone but um, i don't think so and that when it's like when they show people who are like mass shooters and serial killers and, you know, awful people that these people gen like, you know, these people played video games. It was, I feel like these people didn't just develop, you know, these tendencies to want to murder people from a video game. Right. These people already had these tendencies ingrained into them or this mentality and playing video games like uh, doom just kind of, allowed them to like kind of live it out in a not so real way and that they were already violent before the video games we had serial killers before video games so sure uh yeah. my I th thoughts I, no i think that's i think that's wonderfully stated so there's there's caught the, the and this is something that i've really tried to grapple with um as somebody who's interested in statistics there's a correlation between people who play video games and people who are violent perhaps i don't even know that that much has been proven but there's no causation so what that means is that there's no actual reason for somebody who plays video games to become more violent it just may mean that like dakota said somebody with violent violent tendencies would play a violent video game right like you're maybe you're more likely to also watch horror films if you're a more violent person i don't know but we are acknowledging that that could exist without there actually being any real causation so marcos do you echo these thoughts um yeah pretty much i like my whole thing is that when it comes like if you're isolated and your only interactions with like the general public would be just basic stuff and all you're doing is well just being at home watching TV, playing video games as your main sort of entertainment, I don't believe. Even if you're going to be playing a game like Doom or Call of Duty, it would it shouldn't really inhibit your a response to say, "Yo, I need to go shoot somebody up" or any of that. I don't. I don't think people are inherently evil to the point that a little bit of um, computer violence will make anybody want to do that kind of stuff. I think outside um, things, such so as like uh, cyberbullying and that kind of stuff. Only like other human interaction that makes you um, I guess emotionally unstable can make those things happen. Sure, yeah, and there's actually much more real uh, links here, like um, certain diseases or uh, like domestic abuse Oftentimes we find that people that ha are, you know, are, um, end up being serial killers were abused by their parents or something like that. So you know, I, I, I just, one of the real things, because this is an uncomfortable conversation, I don't think any of us even really like having this conversation, but one, one of the reasons, I, do. <laughs> one of I the like re making people uncomfortable. Well, one <laughs> of the reasons that we, we are having this discussion, you know, uncomfortable or not is because I think there are very, very real things going on that people don't want to acknowledge, like domestic abuse, uh, and we're not talking about those things, and instead we're pointing to those big bad video games that have mm -hmm. been proven time and time again to not have any real uh, causation in terms of violence. And I think, you know, 
for for somebody who is an extremely nonviolent person, I, I don't think I've ever done a violent thing in my entire life. I've uh, seen you teabag a poor man in Fortnite. So <laughs> but again, that's that's fictional. That's fictional. That that doesn't count. In, that virtual Ben does that, not, not physical Ben. Um, but you know, I I do think that it, it it is something that you. It's a stigma you have to deal with. And again, I'm trying to separate this this kind of thing. Um, you know, from from racism and sexism, but there is that sort of stigma that gamers have had to carry around. And again, it's like of all things, I'm not I'm not trying. That is not the overarching point here. But it is it is disappointing. The real thing that is disappointing to me is that there are actual things going on that we are choosing to ignore just so we can point at video games. And I think it's it's easier to point at video games and say this is the reason why instead of to self-reflect and say, "Hey, perhaps this is a way, you know, something wrong with the way that we're raising our children or the, you know, our school system is broken or perhaps our mental health system is broken." Like those things are are things that we need to look at, not and not whether or not video games cause violence. So I am very glad that the University of York took some time to do a study like this. It's extremely substantial. I will make sure to link it uh, if you're checking this out on Epilogue. Um, and if not, you can you can find it. I think the the actual URL is www.york.ac.uk slash news and events. And so you should be able to find it there. Um, I'd, I'd really recommend checking that out. And uh, I, I appreciate you giving us a platform to have this discussion because I do think it is important. Huh. Whew. That's heavy. That's heavy stuff. That's heavy stuff. Now I know why we we mostly talk shit about like bad Sony amiibo competitors and stuff like that. How dare you call them bad? Yeah, they're well, pretty bad. I have a yeah. feeling when they come out, they won't be looking too great, though. We'll see. Really? Just, I, a, just I'm mostly just poking like, fun for ten I, bucks. <laughs> I'm mostly poking fun. I think the the Bloodborne Hunter looks really good, and I am going to get that. The Crash one looks good until too. you get it, and then the paint jobs whacked up, and then you're like, "Oh, <sighs> god damn it!" Yeah, that could very that could very well be the Amiibos. Say what you will about the Amiibos, but they they look stylish. Yeah, man, those uh, look good. Yeah, they Amiibos always look good. At yeah. least your paint. Well, I guess Amiibos aren't too expensive. They're fifteen. Like bucks. my Luigi bucks. Amiibo has better denim than my pants. Crazy. Yeah. So but I, the PlayStation ones don't have any. Um, they're just a, an action figure. They don't yeah, have any. We should probably clarify that too. That there's no actual. They they don't provide anything extra for the games like the Amiibo. But do. I, I feel like um if I feel like Sony's testing the waters with you know only a handful with seven. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna put it out and then see how it does. See how yeah, people. And then the PS Five. The, before we know it, the PS Five will have this big circle in the middle then they'll then they'll <laughs> yeah then they'll integrate it because i mean the yeah. play the dualshock controller already has um Ooh, like a little oh, sensor touchpad on that it that's a really good point yeah so it would be very easy yeah. for them already to contribute because what what does any, anyone even use that for you know nothing no one oh. uses it for much okay i use it for like texting on the thing i use okay. it for I'm just, right. at this point i'm just hoping that sony doesn't take dakota away from us for all of these fresh ideas uh, hey, they're I'm popping. Sure. You can see more of them at my Twitter at the Empress. There's me in there somewhere. A three. <laughs> you have to find it. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's get down to the. Uh, I got a, I got a little bit of a different kind of game. It's we have a trivia question, um, but I have a different game, and we're gonna kick off with this with all this PS4 talk today. Let's. Uh, I, I I saw something totally absurd this week, and I just wanted to ask you guys this, and we'll. We'll do it Price is Right style, so the clo- the one who is closest without going over wins the game here. Um, 
So I'm going to ask you a question and then Dakota can go first and, and pose a price and then Marcos can go Because I'm the winner, bitch. I would prefer that before I'm you pay, just in the issue of fairness, I would I would prefer, Marcos, you have an, a number in mind and you stick to that number despite Dakota's uh, prediction. But nonetheless, here's the question. According to PlayStation Brazil, the PS4 is being released on February 19th for anyone in the country to purchase. How much will the console cost in United States dollars? Dakota, what is your prediction? In Brazil? Yep, in Brazil. This actually, there is an actual real number here. I, sh I should clarify. Okay. Um, I'm going to go up from a normal PlayStation price of 400 I'll say $699. 699 Marcos, what do you think? I'll say a flat 600. A flat 600? So, Dakota, I just want to clarify, you said 699 and Marco said 600. Yeah. Okay, so this... and I've been following this for a long time. It's a weird guilty pleasure of mine. And it's, I shouldn't even say pleasure because I actually feel bad for Brazilians. Uh, they have <laughs> extremely high import costs. So a lot of mm -hmm. the time... Um, consoles A don't get there until way, way late. So it's amazing. I mean, that the obviously, PS4 Pro... if they're just getting the PS4. Well, this is PS4 uh, Pro. I should, oh, I, oh. I should say PS4 Pro. Oh, how dare you? Did I not say that I, initially? No, you just no. said PS4. Okay, uh, so PS4 Pro. Does that change anything? Uh, I'll go up $7.99. Okay, $7.99, Marcos. I'll do six ninety nine. <laughs> um, so, anyway, there's ridiculous import costs here. So, but it's a big deal, uh, especially because Brazil is is one of the, uh, as far as I know, is one of um, the only places that still plays like for a long time. They were still playing PS2 stuff, even when the PS4 was out. Um, so there, there's all these kinds of. Yeah, there's these odd stories popping up. It's not like Brazilian is a third world country. It's this is just oh, ridiculous import costs. It's just a bizarre situation. So anyway, the, PS4... the government's also pretty corrupt there. Yeah. Oh, that is that is certainly true. The PS4 Pro is coming to Brazil on February 19th and will cost $935. What? Oh, $935. God. So currency or they like they have their own like, yes they have their own currency and if i if i remember correctly it cost uh somewhere in the line of three thousand uh a brazilian oh current what is the brazilian currency i should know this, I'm but, idea, dude. um so it's i know i know the um the acronym is brl i just can't remember what it stands for regardless that is insane if we happen to have any How brazilian listeners i am I'm so apologetic. That sucks. I mean, now now you know why they're still playing PS2 games. No, when I, for sure, for sure. Most Brazilians aren't, you know, they're not wealthy by any means. They're well, they have. Ext I mean, not that the United States has much room to to, to talk here, but they they have extremely rich people, and then they're poverty. They have a lot of people in poverty. So yeah, there's pretty much like yeah. uh, the middle class is very it's, very it's small broken. to non-existent. Yeah. And there's only a handful of rich. And so, like, of course, the people, no one except for these rich assholes are going to be able to afford this stupid thing. Ugh, no one even, and yeah. no one in the U.S. would even pay for it for that much. That's too much. No, too much. Also, it's yeah. making me I'll upset. I didn't want to believe it'd be that much. Now I'm just, ugh. I told you, it's a weird obsession. Seriously, keep an eye on the Brazilian I'm real market. I'm upset. It is, it is upsetting. Anyway.
let's move on to our final uh portion of the show and that is of course our trivia game so wait what do i get for winning you get a point you get a point so you're Ooh. you're up seven to six now marcos is the, he is suffering his first uh deficit since we started the podcast so this, i promised we'd come back to peter molyneux and i just want to talk <laughs> again i want to talk about peter molyneux for a second because he's perhaps my favorite developer in all of video games he is absurd and he says the most ridiculous things um he's notorious for creating the fable franchise and over promising to high heaven about some of the things that fable would have in the game and he did it for one two and three he just never stopped promising he also has an absurd twitter handle and uh, <laughs> he is has also been graced with an extremely talented uh impersonator on twitter so i went through and i looked through each of the the tweets and i am going to ask uh dakota first which of these is real so which of the following is a real peter molyneux tweet is it a imagine a game where 100 players glide onto an island and must build their own theme park last one to be declared bankrupt wins is it b Excited to see the cooking mechanic in the new Zelda, but worried you just cook for one question mark when really the joy of cooking is feeding loved ones. Is it C, comma? Is it D? Wait. <laughs> is, is it a is a one second game too short? What if there are 10 billion ways to play it? Question mark. So I need to find the real one or the fake one? <laughs> the real one. <laughs> Oh boy! Only one that was fake. I would cry. <laughs> Part oh, of me hopes, me, comma is the real one. <laughs> but um, I'm not gonna go with B. I feel like that one's the fake one. What was what was A again? Imagine a game where 100 players glide onto an island and must build their own theme park. Last one to be declared bankrupt wins. Hmm. This is tough. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with D. D is yeah. one second game too short. What if there were 10 billion ways to play it? Marcos? I'll go with the uh, cooking Zelda one. The cooking Zelda one. So this is actually Peter Molyneux's most favorited tweet. Uh, and it is comma. It God damn comma. it! I knew it was comma. <laughs> uh, so I, I should have known. <laughs> this guy is truly absurd. Yeah, it's just a comma. It was just oh. a comma. Yep. God. Part. Uh, I, at least I. I'm glad it, that was the real one. I'm glad. Yeah, Peter. Uh, Peter, Peter Molyneux is a kick. I don't. So I actually read a story about him that he. I think he sold like kitchen frames or something like that. Like I, something to do with kitchens. And he was, I, well, I don't know. He was doing something with kitchens and <laughs> he, he was selling a product. And one of the, one of the people he was selling to was a game developer. And he just all of a sudden decided to become a game developer. Like that's, 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 icon. that's the kind of person this guy is. So I respect him for that. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like, uh, what's, what's that? Tommy Wiseau, you know, the room guy. Oh, don't talk what? about him. Don't talk about yeah, him. We're going to stop this conversation here. Wait, what's wrong with Tommy Wiseau? I don't know. I don't know. Are we going to really pretend? 
Does something I, exist? I don't know. Seriously, I don't. I think, I think she saw the picture of his ass that's been circulating through the internet. God, I have and I hate it. Is That's it. That's it. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, okay. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this week's edition of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You guys see, see the James Franco like when he won some stupid award and Tommy White was up there from him? And the tra- <laughs> and trying to keep derailing James, whatever Franco. James Franco. Yeah, I can't remember if it was James. It, Franco. it was James Franco. You're right. And he, yeah, he, he essentially went up and tried to accept the award for James Franco, and Franco was like, "No." He's like, Back up. Franco had to keep like it's like a little kid, like uh, you couldn't oh, see the man. thing I was just doing, but I did a little thing of like someone holding up a microphone and pushing his head down. <laughs> okay, oh, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for describing that for us. Um, okay, so Marcos, tell tell everybody where they can find you uh, before we head off. Uh, TwinkiePie37 on Twitter. Just look at Marcos Carmona. I'm the cute one. Okay, and Dakota? The usual at the Empress on Twitter. Twitter, there's a Twatter. three in there somewhere. Water. <laughs> you gotta find it. There's a three in there somewhere. Still my favorite gimmick on the show. Uh, <laughs> I am Benjamin Ten. You can mostly find me on Twitch. Um, I will be playing Kingdom Hearts as I mentioned. Uh, we've got some stuff cooking. We Epilogue Gaming has some really long form. Like now that we've sort of moved, we're we're shedding out of our old skin, which was more just sort of a blog for the a lot of us to have fun. We're actually doing some really big long form content. Uh, let me go ahead and shout out the uh, my my good friend Blake Guthrie. He did a Life is Strange piece. Seriously, if you like Life is Strange and you like the idea of taking video games seriously, go check that out. He has another one coming out this Friday. Um, and I am, I guess I'll take this time to announce a, a series called Visualizing the Narrative. It's It's a big complex argument about why video games should be considered art. And I'll be actually taking a look at some specific games like Journey and Dark Souls and 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 walking through those. Um, so that's what I'm working on. But of course, you can also find me at uh, at just Epilogue Games. I'd rather you follow that Twitter account than my my personal one. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it. And we've we've had such a good time doing this. We actually decided um this past week that we're not going to be moving the podcast behind any kind of paywall. Of course, that doesn't mean that there will be advertisements. We'll keep the whole thing ad- advertisement free. But uh, if, for if now, you... <laughs> no, forever. I promise no ad. Nope, I'm going to start throwing an ad in there. I'm going to uh, get a sponsorship deal. Uh, like a Pepsi sponsorship deal? Because I already have one of those. Well, you're a Pepsi. What? I'd prefer uh, a crush like sponsorship Pepsi. deal. Yeah, sure, man. I bet what? you do like Pepsi. Honestly, with with how much we talk about, uh, we talked about the Tatakus today. We should be getting a Sony sponsorship any 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 moment now. But uh, hey, um, uh, <laughs> you should for for your streams. You should make your intro song this Lana Del Rey song. Where? No. <laughs> no. We were so close to wrapping this podcast up like forty five minutes ago. We were so close. <laughs> Oh, I, now I feel like I can't say. Hold on, in the podcast, and then I'll tell you. I don't want to say the. I don't want to say a bad. <laughs> okay, it's it's uh, kind of it's kind of nasty. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll wait on that one then. But on a very serious note, we also have another podcast coming out called Midnight After Dark. That unfortunately uh, will be locked behind a paywall, but it's only one dollar a month, and we would really, really, really appreciate uh, if you'd go take a look at our Patreon. We try really, really hard to bring a ton of content. We now are funding three different podcasts. 
four different content creators. Uh, not that's not including myself. I'm I'm doing all of this because I love I love this and I love our community. Um, so please check out our Patreon. I, I I normally don't shout it out like this, but it it would be helpful um, if you guys would do that. And and if you really like to hear uh, the bloopers, including this thing that Dakota is about to say that is apparently very nasty, uh, you will soon be able to listen to the unedited footage of our podcast uh, that um, we'll have an actual download code for um, if you're a silver tier member, which again is just $1 a month. So check that out. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Marcos and Dakota, um, thank you for being on the podcast. I am Ben with Epilogue Gaming. We'll see you guys next week.